A line that struck out, stuck out to me today, uh, specifically this from the gospel. Jesus says, fear no one. Have no fear. All I see around us is fear. I don't know about you, but fear of Russia, fear of disease, fear of the government, fear of big tech, fear of the media's bias and takeover, fear of China. It's everywhere. All I hear, like a word that would sum up America right now is fear. And fear is paralyzing. Because what it does is it feels us, makes us feel powerless. And if you feel powerless, you're not going to do anything. Right? You know how many times I hear, Father, you don't understand. I'm just one person. What could I possibly do? That's, that's fear. That's, I'm completely out of the game. I don't have the power to do anything. And that's not what Jesus is talking about today. He says, have no fear of anything. Why? Because God is with you and God provides for you. And God's a loving father to protect you. I want to walk you through, give you the context of Matthew chapter 10. We hear the end of it today, right? When he says, fear no one. But prior to that, basically, he's sending out the, this is the commission of the 12 apostles. Go out. He says, teach in my name. Heal. Cure diseases. Exercise demons. And the apostles are like, yeah, all right, let's go. And then as they're walking away, he's like, oh, and before you leave, uh, you're going to be handed over to kings and judges and princes and don't worry, you're going to have to testify on my behalf. Don't prepare anything. I'll, the Holy Spirit will speak in you. Oh, okay. Whatever that means. And then they're like, okay, so we're going to go now? And he's like, yeah, 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 just one more thing before you go. I'm paraphrasing here. He says, uh, also, uh, sons are going to turn on their fathers and have them killed. Brothers will kill brothers. Children will turn over their parents. You'll be hated by all on account of my name. But have fun. Seriously. And then we come to today's reading where he says, have no, have no fear of any of this. I know it sounds scary, but have no fear of any of this. But unfortunately, we are loaded with fear because we lack faith. I don't know if you've noticed this. Maybe it's just me, but have you seen there's, in the modern day and age, there's this preoccupation with safety. Everybody has to be safe. And it really has ruined a lot of fun things. And it's not just in America. It's all, I, I remember over in Rome, they have these things that are called motorinos, right? Or mopeds. And I owned one. And if, if there was a traffic jam, you'd just get up and drive on the sidewalk. Or you'd turn around and drive against traffic. There were no rules. And it was kind of fun. Now, before I go any further, I'm, I'm not advocating no rules, okay? I'm like, follow, follow traffic rules. But I went there like four years ago, and somebody borrowed me their motorino. I got up on the sidewalk, and I got arrested. Not like arrested, like ticketed. I couldn't believe it. It was amazing to me. Or how about this? Like kids. Now again, I'm not against seatbelts. But like kids are like harnessed into a car. They can't move. I have no recollection of that. One memory I do have as a kid coming back from camping, my mom had a hatchback, pulled that bad boy down and crawled into the trunk so I could extend my whole body and sleep the whole way home. Didn't have a seatbelt on. 
I, we would have been, if, I, if we got pulled over in the modern day and age, my mom would have been ticketed like that. Or what about like, I don't know, so I, I think I told you I rented a Tesla when I went down to my brother's graduation. <clears throat> Terrible car. Fun, because they're really fast, but other than that, they're awful. It's the biggest load of garbage. This, anyway, I, that's, that's, I'm not going to go there. But anyway, one of the things that struck me about the, the Tesla is the safety precautions on it. Like, so it took 15 minutes to start the car because I couldn't figure out how to start the car. Well, then we started driving. It's like, bing, 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 bing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, seatbelt. Put my seatbelt on. If you get one mile an hour over the speed limit, bing, 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 bing. I'm like, shut up. Like, how do you turn this off? And then it breaks for you and you don't want to break. It drives for you and you don't want to drive. You, I mean, this is my first time experiencing lane assist. I almost killed me and my dad. It's two in the morning, I'm driving, I get too close to that lane, it's like bang, bang, and it pushes the car, and I'm like, no! Because I thought, and so we almost like went into the, into the wall. Safety. All that is for safety. It was, it, it blew my mind. Or here's another one. You know, it's no wonder people have anxiety. Your car's dinging at you. It's moving against your will. It's braking when it's not supposed to. People honking, rumble strips on the side. Yeah, I have a little anxiety about driving these days. Or how about like our insatiable need for cleanliness? When did that come? I, growing up, I never in my life, to my knowledge, used hand sanitizer. I don't even know if I use soap. And I have a strong immune system, somehow. And now it's everywhere. There's hand sanitizer everywhere. So much energy is spent to be safe. And it's not even spent to be safe. It's spent to give us the mindset that we are safe. What do you think if you used enough hand sanitizer, you're never going to get sick? Like if you just dump it over you every day, you're going to be, you're going to get sick. Or if we have enough safety precautions on cars that we're not going to have car accidents anymore, you're going to get into accidents. But it gives us the mindset that we're safe. Here's the problem with that mindset. Human beings want to feel safe, and that's okay. But what that's morphed into in our culture is not only that we avoid dangerous things, we avoid being dangerous. We avoid risks because they're too dangerous. And it's killing us. Because if you don't do dangerous things, you will never develop the virtue of courage. Which is what this culture needs more than anything. So I'm just on my little soapbox of nostalgic things. Do you guys remember lawn darts? Wasn't that the dumbest game ever created? Like for those of you that don't know lawn darts, basically take a a regular dart, not a plastic one that they use now because those aren't, you know... God forbid we use real darts. Some idiot might walk in front of the dartboard and take one to the face. I have never heard of a dartboard incident where somebody got hit with a dart. But anyway, and if they did, they probably deserved it. They were drunk and they walked in front of it. And guess what they never did again? Walk in front of a dartboard. But anyway, take a real dart with real needle tip on it, right? With the wings on the back or fins or whatever they're called. And then make it this big. And then stand about 20, 30 feet away from me and put a ring about this big on the ground right beside you. And I'll put one right beside me. And then we take these huge darts and we throw them as hard and as high as we can and try to land it in that circle, which you're standing next to. (laughs) 
How? Can you imagine even trying to patent that game in the modern culture? What's your plan? Oh, we're going to throw huge darts at each other. I mean, my buddies and I, I remember me and my cousins, because my grandma had the game. We didn't even use, we, we just stood in the middle and one kid would throw it straight up and we'd all run. But that's risk-taking, man. That's dangerous. I have a buddy. A couple years ago, he bought this thing. I think I told you about it. It's called a flyboard. And basically, what is it? It's this thing that hooks to a jet ski. And as you give it the gat, you, the throttle. There you go. It's a little, a little slow this morning. You hit the throttle on the jet ski. It pushes water through this huge hose and then through these boots that you're wearing. And you fly. It shoots you straight up in the air. Dangerous. Very, very dangerous. I've tried it numerous times. When you first try it, I mean, you shoot this way and that way and dive into the ground and like, but when I finally figured it out, I was like, I'm not, I I don't think I'm, I know I'm prone to exaggeration, but I know I was as high as that light. Okay. You're about 20 feet in the air and you're just like, like, and water's just shooting out and you're like, I'm like freaking out, but it's so fun. And then all of a sudden, like, I look down and see how high I am. And so I, the jet ski is your operator for the throttle. And I look at him, I'm like, I'm like, hey, take it down. But he can't hear me. So I'm doing this. He just lets go of the throttle. Wham! I mean, you just drop. And it hurts so bad. So I get out and I'm talking to the guy who bought this thing. I'm like, why did you buy this? It's incredibly dangerous. He's like, for that very reason. I'm like, what? He's like, I want my kids to do dangerous things and I want them to get hurt. Now, you might sit back and say, that dad's crazy. And he is, a little bit. But I agree with him. I agree with him. If you look at our young people, what do they do to be dangerous? What do they do to be risky? What do they do to be crazy? Video games. Ooh, I'm the hero in a video game. I can sit in my underwear on the couch and take over the world. Where does that happen? Anywhere. That's not risk-taking. That's fake living. That's all it is. Not sure if you guys have heard of a man named Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Uh, he's a Russian author. And he was, he, he wrote, he was a political prisoner for a long time. He wrote a letter to a friend. And in that letter, he critiqued Joseph Stalin. And they found it and they found him. And just be, for that letter of critique of Joseph Stalin, he was sentenced to eight years in the, Gulag, the Siberian Gulag death camps. Eight years for a letter. When he got out, he escaped finally, and he got out, he came to, the, to America and became a, a very famous author. And he gave, in 1978, he gave the commencement speech at Harvard. And he, he said, the most striking feature of our culture, of American culture, is, and everybody was like, oh man, it's how much money we make. It's how strong we are, we're a superpower, it's how many nukes we have, it's, it's our economy, it's our technology, it's our medicine, it's our... Alexander, tell us what the most striking feature of America is. Your lack of courage. That's what he said about us. This man who came from the Siberian death camp said, your lack of courage is the most striking, distinctive thing in your culture. And he said this, of course, there are extraordinary individuals, people that will stand up and do what's right. But as a country, as a culture, as a nation, America's not interested in principles. We're not interested in what's right and what's wrong. We're interested in what's most beneficial, what makes the most money, what is most self-serving. 
And you guys, this mindset has ripped the hearts out of our chests. My God, are we weak. We're so weak. Confronted with this reality. How do you change it? How do we become stronger? You do it by stepping out in faith. And believing that God will take care of you. Believing that God will provide for you. When the apostles went out, they didn't know what they were doing. It's one of the best episodes, season four of The Chosen. Or season three, episode four. They're walking around, they're like, like healing people. They don't know what they're doing. And they're shocked when they heal them. Because they trusted. Every hero has to be the kind of person who is willing to push back, even if it costs them everything. And it costs God everything to be the hero. And it will cost us. He tells us the price. He says, if they hated me, they'll hate you. But they hated me and it didn't stop me. And they'll hate you and it better not stop you either. Let me ask you something really quick. Are you willing, are you willing to give up your house for your belief in Jesus? Are you willing to give up your camper, your truck, your cabin for your belief in Jesus Christ? Because that will come someday. It's going to cost you everything. And the heroes will be the ones that don't cower before what's asked of them. They will stand up and die for what they believe in. You will be hated. But in the end, you will be vindicated. Therefore, fear no one. Step out in courage and trust. And do something great for this world and for humanity.